Okay, welcome to Jet Centra, folks. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. We know what that usually entails. Vacation. Uh, I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Nice to see you, Mike. Very good to see you, Steve. Spiffy new haircut. Yeah. Mr. McIntyre is a spiffy new haircut, folks. Can't see it on the podcast, but I'm not sure how you can see it. Did you put it in your newsletter that goes out tomorrow? Uh, no, I think it's an old newspaper. My newsletter goes out today, doesn't it? Today. That's what Did I say that? You said tomorrow. You're already in you, tomorrow. You're on holidays, Steve, or you're on a day off. Um, yeah, I, I no, I haven't taken a new picture. I should get a new mugshot sure. taken. Yeah, you get your hair done. Got the got the grown up haircut. I do. My <laughs> my wife referred to me as Skippy the schoolboy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that was meant as a term of endearment, but oh, well, it, it makes you look younger, I guess. Yeah, I kinda. guess. Yeah, I guess so. Anyways, all right. It's episode seventy one. The Bob LaRose episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Uh, <laughs> Bob LaRose was Bob a decent LaRose. receiver. He was a decent receiver for the Bombers, a Canadian, I think, yeah, uh, in the 70s. But as we know, there's only one player in this town associated with number 70, Mike. Who's that? 71. 71? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, come on. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, my goodness. This it's goes Joe Poplowski. Oh, right Joe. I th- I'm thinking hockey. Sorry. <laughs> Joe Joe Pop, of course. Of course, Joe. Good one. Joe Pop, man. So nine seasons with the blue and gold. Retired at 29. Good for him. Him or Milt Stiegel. Who's the best receiver of the Bombers? Oh, Milt Stiegel's the best receiver of all time in the CFL. Of, Joe, any, of any team. Yeah. Would Joe Pop be the second best Bomber receiver? Uh... Yeah, that's a good question. They've had some really good receivers, of course. James Murphy would be, maybe. Yeah. Joe Poplowski, yeah, no. So Joe Pop had 3,000-yard seasons, three 900-yard seasons, including two of those were 998 yards. Ooh. Yeah, like, what's up with that? You couldn't like just, one more couldn't do one more little screen, a dink and a doink? To Who get... was coaching then, Cal? <laughs> um, I wonder, I wonder if it was Cal, thing. he probably had a bonus, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably had a bonus for a thousand yards, so they they probably did that on purpose. His per diem went up if he got a thousand. Whole another story, folks. I don't know if you remember the Bombers once almost went on strike over their. P- they did go on strike over their. Per Do you diems. remember what their per diem was? Uh, Seven dollars a day or something. I have no idea. No, I I don't remember. Um, he was twice, uh, twice he won the league's most outstanding Canadian award, and he went into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 1998. And after he retired, he was a pretty darn good color man with Bob Irving on CJOB 680. They still do the games. Bob's still doing them. Yeah, I saw he tweeted the other day. One more year. He said one more year, but he, hasn't he been saying one more year for a lot of years? Like, Well, we, well he got, got delayed here because of this right. pandemic thing, I guess. Or but, whatever. but anyways, uh, be, yeah, second best Bombers receiver. I think, yeah, James Murphy. Um. But Joe Pop's right up there. He'd be top ten. Where's he at these? He's from. I just looked. He's from Edmonton, eh? He's he. I think he runs a the Ranger Insurance office on Skirfield. Yeah, I think he took up residence like so many bombers do. He he lived. He stayed here after. Oh, his... Yeah, he's a Winnipegger now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, but I don't think it's Ranger Insurance anymore. It's Gallagher or something. I actually have my account there. Okay, sixty three years old. Actually, his birthday is uh, Monday. Wow. Ha- happy. He'll be 64. Happy. Happy early. 64th. I can hardly wait till he's 71. Then we can go. Happy <laughs> right. 71 to 71. That's like the champagne. God birthday, willing. I think. Right. 
I think so. Well, kind of. That's, That's when you turn your age <laughs> on the day. So he would have had that when you turned two. <laughs> More like the apple juice birthday. Exactly, yeah. All right, on with the show. Today, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets landing not one, Mike, but two top-pairing defensemen in trades this week. How about that? And they they did it at dinner time every day. I was trying to have dinner. And they're breaking news. I mean, come I, on! I didn't know. Come what to, on! I didn't know what to do with myself last night, Wednesday night, Steve, because they either. didn't make a trade for the first time in three nights. I was sitting in the park having my Superboys hot dog and banana milkshake, and uh, waiting for the Jets to make a trade. That sounds delicious. It was. It was good. Yeah, I was right. doing a driver's ed training with my daughter Monday when the first trade happened, right. and then Tuesday I had just started the barbecue to make some pork chops uh, when the second trade happened. So. Wow. I cleared my calendar last night, and I ended up having nothing to write nothing, about. Nothing to write about. Okay, so um, we'll also talk about a momentous, I think that's the right word, week ahead on the Winnipeg sports landscape. I checked that word with the boss, actually. He gave me the affirmative. Is that the correct word? Momentous week? Yeah, I think so. It's. It <laughs> seems like... It doesn't seem like it's the right word, know, but... I'm, I'm supposed to, I know it doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. I'm going to have to check it. <laughs> <laughs> An eventful? Eventful. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll also talk about the Olympics in Tokyo and our long weekend and vacation plans ahead. It's a long weekend, folks. I was going to say the last one of the summer. It's kind of like, I kind of feel like the August long is the last long weekend of the summer, even though Labor Day weekend is technically, but I kind of think of that one as the first long first weekend, weekend of, of the fall, fall yeah. right? It's kind of the only long weekend of the fall. No, no, Thanksgiving. Well, but Thanksgiving's not, yeah, I guess it's always a long weekend because it does fall on a Monday. That's true. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, true. Yeah. We're not American here, Mike. No, we're not. Not they yet. Were, what do they have it on Thursdays? They do, but they Stuff turn like it that. into an epic long weekend. Yeah, they take for, the Friday. It's and, like a whole month off yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. It's Thanksgiving month. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, they got the pilgrims and all that stuff, right? You know? They're big on the Thanksgiving. They day. are. Bigger than Christmas. I'm going to get myself in trouble at one point on this thing, right? Probably. <laughs> There's certain subjects we just don't touch on. <laughs> Anyways, on to the first period. We're like six minutes into this thing. The Jets, Mike, traded for uh, Brandon. Brendan. I'm going to try to get these names right. Brendan Dillon from the Washington Capitals. And Nate, not Nick Schmidt. I called him Nick Schmidt in my playbook this week. Oh, did you? I, I missed that. Well, I had to get up in the morning and change my playbook. I read that, that but I obviously just glossed over that. I read it early in the morning. I, I write my playbook in the afternoons, and then the Jets made all these deals, and so then right. I had to change it. You had to shout, stop the presses stop to the yourself. Presses. Yeah, exactly. And so then, um, yeah, anyways. So, anyway, a couple, couple of that's significant trades, Mike. What Ooh. do you think? Two 30-year-olds, one who will play. Are they both 30? They're both 30, uh, and they both have, which is important if you're the Jets, and we've talked about this before, Steve, if you're going to make a trade to bring in people that have lots of term left on their contracts, right? And both of these guys do. Well, depending on what the term is, the Vancouver Canucks brought in Oliver ekman Larson with a bunch of term on his right. contract, and it's a terrible contract. That's a terrible contract. Oh, it trade. is. It's an albatross. It's an like, anchor. But so, we but talk about saying, yeah. the Jets ability to make a trade like if you bring in Erasmus Ristolainen who's only got one year to till he's a UFA like and you give up lots of assets yeah no you may plus he's terrible plus he is terrible for sure <laughs> these uh, guys actually are good Brennan Dillon uh is a mean nasty physical big uh penalty killing shot blocking good specialist skater. he's yeah. he's Derek Forbert 
but way better. Right. And he's also a heck of a skater. And and there's some offense there too, for sure. Uh, super character guy as well. I mean, if, if folks, if you haven't seen, go to YouTube and just uh, just type in uh, Brendan Dillon. You will see you'll see him going throwing haymakers with Evgeny Malkin during a game in front of the net last year. That is his nickname, Marshall, because I loved. Gun, was it Gunsmoke? Yeah, Gunsmoke. yeah. Marshall Dillon. I, I don't. I, I don't think it's nearly as creative. I think it's like Dilly. Oh, and like Nate bar? Schmidt like is Schmitty. Yeah. I mean, they don't get hockey players aren't very creative when it comes to nicknames. Wow. Uh, but he so he's thirty. The Marshall of defense. I mean, come he, on. That would be a great Marshall. I'll suggest Dillon. it. I will suggest it. Uh, so he's yeah thirty years old. Three more years under contract. He'll fit in nicely along with Josh Morrissey on that left side. Knocks a guy like Logan Stanley kind of down to the third pair where it's that's probably where he should be. Uh, yeah, Bill, for now, yeah. Billy Hanela as well might be a factor in there. And then, yeah, Nate Schmidt, who is a left shot, but he plays the right side. He's a guy, Steve. Jets tried to get Nate Schmidt a year ago. Uh, he ended up going to Vancouver as part of a Vegas salary dump. Now he comes to Winnipeg a year later as part of a Vancouver salary dump. They got a clear space for... Elias Patterson. So they take on a contract of oh, Larson. Oh, right, but they did get but they got rid of three other terrible contracts. Uh yeah, it's <laughs> I'm not sure what they're there, doing in Vancouver. They don't know how to do math on the left no. coast or what? So for people saying, well, if these guys are so good, why their teams give them up? Well, that's the reality of yeah, a yeah. flat cap. Yeah. Washington yeah. needed money to sign Alex Ovechkin and some other guys. They didn't want to give up Brandon Dillon. They had to. And, and we've seen it this last week, Steve. There's all kinds of teams moving on from players they really like. They just don't have money for That was the thing that impressed me. You know, I was watching a little bit of the Kevin Shovel Day Off uh, availability yesterday. And one of the things that impresses me about it, not only the fact that you go out and find these two players, but it's kind of like I, I, I this never dawned on me before, but it only makes sense to wake up, Steve, that as a general manager of a hockey team, you would need to know everything that's going on with all the other teams. Right. Okay, and so so you're like watching to see what other teams are going to be doing, and then you see the opportunities. It's just like when they he traded for Dubois, he saw the opportunity there, so he saw opportunities here, and then and then moved on it, and and then and was able to make the deals right. And so I found that interesting. Um, that's that's a that's an experience, a veteran move they would right. call that. You're yeah. a vulture, yeah, kind of circling the sky, yeah. and you're just looking for a yeah. corpse to kind of yeah, it's to cool. come and feed on. Uh, so now, what a difference a week makes, Steve. A week ago, we were talking about the Jets potentially losing Dylan DeMello to Seattle and all right. the angst. And let's just say they had lost Dylan DeMello. Their blue line would have been Josh Morrissey, restricted free agent Neil Pionk, and then like third on the depth chart would have been Logan Stanley. And we, we like Logan Stanley, but that's a lot on a 23-year-old guy who's got 40 games under his belt. Now, they kept DeMello, they've added Schmidt, they've added Dylan. Suddenly, the Jets' blue line, and I wrote this in my piece today, I, I would dare say this is as deep and versatile a blue line as what they had in 2018. I mean, they, no, they don't have Dustin Bufflin. They kind of have parts of Dustin Bufflin. I would suggest Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. If you put them in a blender and mix them together, you'd get Dustin Bufflin. 
you'd get the offense, you'd get the defense, you'd get the nastiness. Oh, hang on a second here. Dustin Bufflin and defense. Did you just say that that, that word in the, well, the, the same the word? Well, the intimidation in his own end, <laughs> the ability to th- – yeah, you're right. I mean, he's he, – but there's the risk element. Nate Schmidt's going to jump up into the play a ton. He's going to be on the power play. I found and- the most interesting thing mentioning Dustin Bufflin is that there, there finally there was some um, – Revelation, maybe that's the right word. I'm having trouble with words today. Um, from the uh, from the general manager also yesterday about the effect that the Dustin Bufflin retirement, out of the blue retirement, right. actually had on this organization. It, we've it, you know we've mentioned it, we've skirted around the issue a little bit here and there, or whatever. But clearly yesterday, this that that decision by Dustin Bufflin did have a huge effect on the organization over a couple of years, and and Chevy gave kudos to his his team right. for being able to kind of um, navigate through some rough waters because of that until he was able to get these two guys or whatever. And, and, and then now they feel that they're back on course to right. use the navigating. Well, the, so Morrissey, Pionk, DeMello, Schmidt, Dylan, that is an impressive yeah, top good. five. Throw in yeah. Logan Stanley, yeah. Billy Hainala, yeah. Dylan Sandberg, now you're eight and you're eight deep. You got five kind of veteran guys, three up and comers. You've also got Nate Bolio and Sammy Niku for now. I mean, they'd give Sammy Niku away for a draft pick if they could. I don't think anyone wants to even pay that for him. Um, Nate Bolio will probably get buried in the minors this year because they're going to have to free up his 1.5 million. They can't afford to have that for a seventh or eighth defenseman. But they have some real impressive pieces. They already had Connor Hellebuck. We know what they have with their forwards. Um, this Jets team looks like uh, they're going to go for it, and uh, and they're in the win-now mode. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, let's move to the momentous or <laughs> eventful week that's ahead of us here um, after the August long weekend. Big, big week ahead on the Winnipeg sports landscape. Um, fans in the stands. Uh, the Gold Eyes are returning. The Manitoba Derby is Monday. Um, there will be fans at the Downs. There will be fans in the stands for the Gold Eyes on Tuesday. And then there will be fans in the stands at uh, IG Field on Thursday for the Bombers where they'll uh, unveil their championship banner. Um, could have 30,000 plus for that night. I'm not sure how many people will be a, at the Derby and at the Gold Ice, um, what do you think? All what, what do you, I, I mean, I I don't get that excited over sporting events too much, Mike. I mean, it's just like oh, okay, another sporting event. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, it, it it'll be interesting to see how um, how uh, what it looks like. It's Mon- not like I've never been to a game with a crowd in it, but before, but this is new. Monday uh, for the Derby, sunny and thirty. Tuesday. Have you figured out what time they're having that race at yet? Well, the, the races start. It's there. It's in the evening this yeah, year, not yeah. during the day. Because yeah, of the, so if, if there's I'm anybody from the Downs listening to this, come on, man. At least for one day, one they should have gone to it's Monday afternoon. Come on. Uh, so I think it's like the second last race, or yeah, is it, it the could last? Be nine o'clock? It could be nine like or nine thirty. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-nine degrees and sunny on Tuesday for the Gold Ice Home Opener, and thirty degrees and sunny next Thursday. Perfect weather. About Wednesday, I'm playing golf on Wednesday. 31. Nice. Bring sunscreen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, we've had, we've gone, sure, we had 500 fans at Bell MTS for the Jets in the playoffs, uh, yeah, but that. Yeah, kind of. Right. I mean, 
Valor's had uh, they haven't had very big crowds, right? But they've had some people. I don't know. Actually, actually, they did have fans. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've kind of. It feels like we've taken some baby steps, but next week feels like we're taking yeah, a, a giant step. leap yeah, into yeah. Um, normalcy. Right. Or back to normalcy. Um, or the new normalcy. Right. We also, I mean, we also might be getting an announcement. It looks like we're going to hit our September long weekend vaccination targets by next week, which could oh, yeah. usher in even more freedoms. Um, what else would that mean? Well, I think it means, it Can means, Steve, that, well, we may, Maybe? I mean, Alberta, indoor? Saskatchewan already have, and yeah. uh, we may get, I, th- I think they'll increase the indoor gatherings with family and stuff right. like that. And, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a, a thrilling week for sure, and you know for the bombers and the gold eyes, certainly a long time coming. Um, Taylor Allen did a great piece on the gold eyes earlier this week about their many challenges. I mean, they've spent a year, a season and a half now, way far away from home. Uh, getting players just to sign without really having a home has been a problem, and it's fascinating, Steve. Reading Taylor's piece, like. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when the Gold Eyes announcement was made that every player has to be fully vaxxed in order to come here. And I wondered what that meant. I wondered, well, does that mean every Gold Eye got vaccinated? Turns out, no. I thought they had. I thought that's what uh, the, uh, the the team had intimated. But it but turns there out are there players is, uh, that yeah. they're going to say, yeah. boop, see yeah. ya. Uh, thanks for your half season. And they're hitting coach. They're hitting coach. He decided to say sayonara. He says, like, he's like... I, I, I want to be careful here or whatever. So this guy is a COVIDiot. Is that being careful? Yeah, COVIDiot. Yeah, no, he's um, he is for sure. Yeah, they, so he's not vaccinated. He, they, he didn't even want to wear a mask, no, the, which I, the league exactly. was making. Well, it's a big farce. He's from Missouri, uh, somewhere in Missouri. And uh, <laughs> I love how you just pronounce that because it's. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If somebody from Missouri is out there listening, man, you know, like, like, come on, like this guy, he's like, yeah, it's a pandemic. Right. It's all a big fake. It's a big ruse, right? Do you know what I mean? And so, like, um, <laughs> I guess Taylor they, interviewed him, and his comment was like, uh, "I told them, I could just almost hear the draw. I told them, if if it gets to this point, see you later. I'm yeah. out of here." <laughs> yeah. So Taylor called me and he told me about it, and he's like, he was asking me, you know, what are we gonna do with this? And I was like, you know, I I really didn't want to put this guy's comments in the paper. We had a little bit. We did a good paper. job, and then. We actually yeah. put some facts, exactly, which I appreciated, right. and I think readers did. Yeah, I'm not going to give voice. No, to don't let him have a plot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. But man. it's somewhat newsworthy. I mean, if Mike O'Shea yeah, were to it. make a statement like yeah. that, or yeah. Paul Maurice, like, yeah. so. Well, this guy. No. Yeah. What was his name? Cash Beauchamp. Cash Beauchamp. Cash. Cash with a K. Cash money. Nice. Uh, kind of a cool name. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, but is so. Work for something. Cashmere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, smoked a lot of <clears throat> maybe a Kush, <laughs> uh, but so and and I'm curious to see like when these other teams start coming to Winnipeg at Shaw Park. Again, the rules are they have to be fully vaccinated in order to get across the border. So are some of these teams going to have to leave players at home? Which is interesting, Steve. When I was sort of covering the Gold Eyes a bit in my first couple of years in sports, I'd hear these stories of players that had to get left in North Dakota because they had criminal records. Oh, yeah, okay. And it wasn't an issue when they're traveling around the U.S., but and they'd try and sneak them into Canada, like, to play the goal eyes. And then there were guys sometimes on other teams that would literally get left, like, at Pemina as the team bus 
headed north. So is that? I mean, I assume these guys aren't even getting on the bus well, if they're not. I would think that the gold eyes are are screening that type of thing before they get to the border. Right. Yeah, so. But I'm thinking the opposite, like Sioux City, I think is here next oh, week. Yeah, so right. for Sioux City players that aren't vaccinated, like they can't come to Winnipeg. No, no, so there may not. be some teams that are a little short staffed, but uh, obviously with the Bombers and the CFL, it's not the same issue. Uh, there's no requirement that they be vaccinated. The fans have to be vaccinated to get into Correct. the stadium. And just so if anybody's listening, there's been some, some movement to, to like boycott the bombers or protest the bombers because the bombers are being some sort of like fascists and not letting um, right. uh, anybody come in. This is not a bomber's decision. Not this their is a provincial call. government. If you want to protest somebody, go protest the provincial government. Have at her. But the, you know, but the reality. This is, is the only way the bombers can open their doors. Correct. They had to follow these right. rules. So, and you're right. I mean, the the anger is very misplaced in this case. Yeah, frankly, if you don't want to get double vaccinated, well, too bad. For Are you. you surprised, Steve? Uh, Wade Miller, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday. I saw he spoke and said, "Good seats still available." I think there's uh, somebody told me uh, that there's good seats, but they're kind of around. Yeah, you know. But and, and he wants to sell every seat because so he. I put me in the camp that thought it would be an easy, well, quick sellout. Well, I don't know. So here's the thing, and, and this is the curious thing about next week is that. So why would you not? Uh, why would you not rush out to, to this event? Well, okay. So there's a couple of reasons. A, it's it's uh, summertime on a. Thursday night, and I just don't want the hassle of going. I, I'm not sure what the hassle is going to be. How much of a hassle? Getting into the be? stadium. They, they're already the warning. Stadium. Come early. Some people there. may just be saying the right. hell with it. So there's that. Yeah. Okay, there's that. And then there's the idea of like some people would be like still a little uh, skittish, reticent. Is that the word? Is that the right reticent? Word? That's a good We're word. Checking out all kinds of different yeah. words today about actually going into big crowds at this point in the pandemic. I mean, there's still the Delta variant out there and all that and all that. So right. So I think that there's still and, and, and you know, and it costs money. People have been affected financially mm -hmm. by the pandemic. So I think that there's a few things still at play here that could, you know, you know, limit them not getting a sellout. But I still anticipate they'll have a 30,000 person crowd. And and um, but, yeah, I think that uh, I mean, the thing with me is I, I was I was checking out some. I'm going to go to the game, but mm -hmm. I'm wondering. You know how much of a hassle, uh, but I was on the fence because how much of a hassle is it going to be? Yeah, I'm going to ride my bike. I was checking out the bike valet. You've probably eliminated a big part of the hassle just by doing that. Totally. So um, I might yeah. double with you on the back. You got room for a second on I the back of the bike? bike? I don't. <laughs> I can <laughs> sit on, on the handlebars. handlebars? Yeah. Sure, <laughs> uh, because you're right. Uh, the park getting into that stadium sometimes can be well. It's always been because there's a large amount of people. I mean, it's it's just as, it's not any more difficult than it was to get into no. the old stadium. No. That was getting out of the old stadium was impossible, frankly. Even after writing a story and get, going out, right? right. So, um, but so I think that that might have some people. It's it's a topic I'm very curious about just to see, and we'll see with the Jets come the fall, like as fans are allowed to return, did they flock back in the numbers that we previously saw? And I took some interest the other day, Steve, and I mentioned this in my column today, that uh, the Winnipeg Jets are advertising heavily, pushing 11-game mini packs starting this season. They didn't have mini packs the first 10 years back. Yeah, they yeah. didn't need to. They had full season ticket holders and a massive waiting list, which I suspect 
They won't confirm this. I suspect there is no longer a waiting list, Steve. And so they have to do some creative things to try and sell tickets. I and think anybody in any business like that, whether it's restaurants or uh, uh, galleries or festivals or sporting, it's going to take a number of for years, sure. I think, here before people... I, I, and I'm speaking personally from my own, I, I, you know, travel, all of that. Yeah. It's all going to be a whole new horizon out there. And so I think there'd be some uh, trepidation. Another great word. It's just nice to finally have the choice, though, as to whether you want to go or not. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Mike, I was, um, uh, I'm also the newsletters editor here at the free press yes you are many hats uh, you wear yeah 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 you know i look after. you don't actually wear a hat though do you um are you a hat guy well i wear a cap when i play golf okay yeah for sure yeah but other than that maybe if i'm out in the woods maybe hiking camping sometimes i wear a helmet when i'm biking if you're not wearing a helmet here's something here's something that you'll notice okay here's something there's a tangent here yeah okay so the most experienced cyclists out there you know people that ride their bikes all the time and everything and are going around different places they all wear helmets the most unexperienced bikers don't the ones who need to wear them How the does most that makes sense, yeah folks okay so like <laughs> if you're a new cyclist right you might want to put a helmet on you're most it's at your rest head, folks right it's your head <laughs> they're not using their head no there's, there's this guy walter at lifestyle lifestyle life sport on pemina he's, he's 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 a great guy sold me a nice bike He's a straight shooter, though. Yeah. He says, you know, how do you know when you're going to have an accident? <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't. He says, I know I sell helmets, but how do you know? Tell yeah. Tell me how you know when you're going to have an accident. Put a helmet on. Okay, there's my vent. <laughs> Anyways, I'm reading. So I get the newsletters. They're, they're emailed to me or they sent to me. And Dan Lett and Jen Zarati, our ace producer. Yourself. I don't edit mine. N- no. Somebody else does that, thankfully. Um, thank you, David Fuller. <laughs> Tireless task. Oh, totally. Um, I make the same <laughs> mistakes over and over again. Nick Schmidt. Nick Schmidt. <laughs> he didn't catch that one, though. No. So, anyways. Um, You're fired. So, I got yours this morning. Mm-hmm. Early. You're, like, up early, man. You filed early. I night. wrote it. I finished it last night. Okay. So, you filed it. At, I'm sitting outside my uh, having my second coffee on my patio this morning. And I got Mike McIntyre's uh, newsletter in my inbox. And I had a quick peek at it. Uh, I'll get to editing it a little uh, after this. And Mike says he's he's uh, he admits that uh, he's uh, every waking moment pretty much he's watching the Olympics. I've got Olympic fever. He's got Olympic fever. And so then I'm like, oh wow, okay. So I gotta I gotta admit, Mike, I've watched very little Olympics. Um, I'm reminded though that in 1976 I watched every single minute of the Montreal Olympics and have very many Olympic moment memories or whatever. Um, I think I watched, in 1976, I think I was watching the whole time waiting for a gold medal. And so I kept watching, kept watching, (laughs) kept watching. You were disappointed. Didn't get one. (laughs) Um, But um, I don't think I watched the 76 Olympics. I was one. Oh. Yeah. So I don't, I don't recall that particular, those particular games. I was 16 years old. So um, it was like right in that moment where I was yeah. kind of like watching a lot of, I, I don't, it's not that I'm, the time thing is just weird. It is. Okay, so. For sure. And plus, frankly, I don't, I have a rule right now in my life where I'm not, I can't go into my basement 
basically I can't go into my house until 9 p.m. Uh, I want to be outside yeah. in the evening or whatever, at least sitting outside or whatever and enjoying um, the beautiful summers that we're, that we're having. The choking and smoke. So, yeah, well, today there's a little smoke. Yeah, so... So then I go into the house around nine or whatever, and then I, and then bedtime is like ten thirty. So I got maybe an hour for television, right? And uh, chances are I'm going to watch a show, right? So I'm I'm watching season four of The Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched The Handmaid's Tale? I've seen some episodes. I, yeah, wicked it show. is, yeah, wicked. Wow, so good. Anyways, so um, I watched a little bit of the cycling. Mm-hmm. I watched. Five minutes of swimming last night to see Kelsey Wog finish eighth in a semifinal. Um, she got disqualified, didn't she? Yeah, I guess she kicked improperly or something yeah. like that. Boy, that breaststroke is an intricate stroke. It sure is. I didn't know that. I just I thought it was just like a breaststroke. Right? Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> quite something. And so you're enjoying it? Oh man, I and even sports that I would never normally. Like what? I don't know. I was watching judo the other day, and judo. I found myself fascinated wow. by judo. Wow. Uh, rugby. I've always actually been kind of intrigued by rugby. It's uh, it's an interesting. Does Canada uh, have a team in rugby? Yeah. N- no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, beach volleyball is fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, it's just kind of nonstop action. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do love swimming. I love uh, love track as well, which I think is coming up idea. this yeah. weekend. Right. Uh, the track events. So are, when are you watching it? Well. Like when do you have time for this, Mike? With it's all—it's all, just in the background. Around? Yeah, it's often in the background. Like all this week, when, when I've been working like at home. Oh, well, okay. but in the, a lot of the daytime stuff, of course, is being just repeated because You're watching TV what's during it, the day. Yeah, I have the TV on all the time. During the workday, during the workday, I have the what TV on. <laughs> To the background. I got the, TV, I, got, I got the TV on here. I can't work in silence. I oh. need I need noise. So I often, I'll oh, always have the TV on when I'm writing. Yeah. Now, so you're basically just slacking off and watching. Television yeah, exactly. You're watching daytime television. But it's worked out night, like in the evenings now, because of the. I think it's a 14 hour time difference. So, like last night, all the swimming was live, which was Wednesday night, which is Thursday morning yeah. over in Tokyo. So all that stuff was happening. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think tonight there's a bunch of finals races that will be tomorrow morning in, in Tokyo. So, right. yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something about, like, I like watching all sports, of course. But when you know that these athletes aren't being paid a gazillion dollars, I mean, sure, some of them make good money on endorsements and sponsorships. But they're doing it kind of for the most basic, pure reasons, you know. And they're representing their, I love the nationalism of, I was watching golf, by the way, last night, Derek Ingram, good buddy of mine, uh, is Canada's national men's golf coach. He's over in Tokyo right. with Derek's on like a seven week road trip right now. He has not come home. Derek went to the U cause he's Corey Connors personal coach. Right. Uh, Derek was at the U S open. That's when he left. Like that was father's day in June. And he's been on the road ever since. He also has a bunch of college kids in the States. So he was down with them. Then he went over to the British Open a couple of weeks ago. Now he's in Japan. He's on just an absolute epic road trip. He's been sending pictures uh, from the group chat. So I was watching some of the golf last night as well. Um, what time was that on at? It was on live. Like it was, they were morning tea time. So it was on like at 10 oh, o'clock. You can flip around the different channels. Yeah, right? I was on, it was on TSN. So, I mean, there's CBC and I don't Sportsnet. Have TSN yet. I guess I got to get TSN. Yeah. 
for the Bombers next week? I guess so. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I want to get TSN during football season. Right. Otherwise, so, C- CFL, uh, you need that, of course, to get all those CFL games. But, yeah, it's it just watching these guys kind of compete for their country. And, like I said, I'll... I love kind of quickly learning about some of their stories, like an athlete. You've never even heard of this person, this guy or this woman. And then they tell you a little bit about them and suddenly you're rooting for them. And What's it's your favorite Olympic. Do you have a favorite Olympic memory? I mean, I have a, I have an Olympic memory. It's, it's a weird one. And I remember where I was. Do you remember where you were when Ben Johnson won the golden sh- soul? Yeah, I sure do. I was standing. Speaking of the downs, yeah. I was at, on the, on was the a- floor the 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 floor level at the downs, uh, gambling. Right. <laughs> That's what you do at the downs. <laughs> I, mean, I was gambling, probably having a couple pops, and um, this was nineteen eighty eight. Yeah. Nineteen eighty eight. Oh yeah, I was definitely gambling, having a couple pops, and um, and then the, the the race was on, went over, and I was on the was monitors. Yeah. On the monitors, whatever, and he won. Yeah. Like it was super exciting. And then of course a couple of days later he was, <laughs> was disqualified. Right. But it's still that's still you know the Donovan Bailey is a is a memory from Atlanta for sure. But for some reason the Ben Johnson thing just because of where I was and the, the group of people we were all like you know a bunch of you know it's too bad you couldn't bet on it at the time. Yeah. I mean. Clara Hughes, just as a her story was so easy to kind of root for and rally around. So I remember just being, you know, glued to watching when Clara was um, Cindy Clausen, another Winnipeg. That's, that's Winter Olympics. I'm talking Summer Olympics. Yeah. So well, Clara competed. Clara was yeah, yeah, she won, si- uh, in she cycling. Won, she won some cycling. Um. So I mean, I love the like I said, I love who doesn't love the hundred meter dash? Like that's right. kind of the premium event, right? Yeah, I mean, sure, blink yeah. and you miss it. But uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun, and I mean, it's it's a two and a half week long event. So there's another week and oh a bit God. to go. Still yeah, it's a more? long. Um, <laughs> there is yes, and uh, and so we'll uh, I'll be glued this long weekend as well, no doubt. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. Just at the end of the third period there, uh, we mentioned the long weekend. Apparently, the Olympics are on over the long weekend. I'm probably not going to watch any Olympics over the long weekend. Mike, uh, what kind of plans do you have? Are you off? Did I give you the weekend off? You did. Uh, you did, Ooh. yeah. Uh, I'm off for four days. You're just off for three? Three, right. And one of those days, That's, I'm I not working, but I'm, I am going to the Derby on Monday. Are with, you going to go? With family, yeah. Okay. We're going, uh, we, actually, yeah we're, we actually have uh, three tables booked oh, wow. in uh, in the Terrace Lounge, I think Fair it's called. So we're actually going like for dinner and it's kind nice. of a family thing we do a couple times every summer. So Sweet. I think there's 14. I go, but not Monday night. Yeah, it'll be, although I think they're only at 50% capacity still. So, like, it's not going to be, the dining room will probably be, actually all of it won't be crazy crowded because it can't be under the current restrictions, right? Um, but, yeah, so I think there's 14 of us going. Nice. Uh, looking forward to, always a good meal there. And uh, first time out this year to watch the uh, watch the ponies. Um, I think they're having, like, a guaranteed... One million dollars. One million dollars, yeah. yeah. So if I win that, Steve, I might not be coming in Tuesday. Some, some sort of bet five or thing. I'm not a yeah. big bet five superfecta. No, player. you're... Although I did win one time. I did win at the Downs a twin triactor. I split it with a, with a buddy. Yeah. And it was like 12 grand. Really? Yeah. 
I was going to ask you what the biggest. We split it. So we got six grand and then the two of us split it. So I got three grand or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the kind of better that they probably hate. I'm the guy that bets $2 a race or $4. Eh. I'll bet like two $2 Canelas. Oh, yeah. Or sometimes a tractor. Okay. But but as a result, I don't usually, even when I win, it's not much. But yeah. I don't lose much. Like right. a, a night out at the downs, I might lose 20 or 25 bucks if I lose every race. Uh, but I think the biggest I've ever won was like $300 on a Conella. Um, so, nice. yeah. I mean, it's just. What other plans you got? I'm gonna so I'm gonna probably hit the driving range again, Mike. Um, since our last podcast, um, I think we spoke about. Yeah, that. I did go to the driving range, Hackers and Smackers on Elmhurst and Wilkes there, on uh, last Saturday morning. And um, you said you were hitting the driver well. Yeah, I, I was clubbing the driver. Not your eight iron. Um, so yeah, much. I, I I couldn't I couldn't quite. I was getting some good ball contact with the eight iron, but I was pulling it quite a bit. So. Got to get that fixed up. I hit the wedge well, but yeah, I hit the driver pretty well. Like it was, uh, yeah, I was hitting the draw or a fade, and so that's a good thing. I was kind of controlling the ball pretty well, and so not bad since I hadn't been on the tee really for like <laughs> you know a handful of years, right? Or whatever. So I got this uh, golf tournament. I got to play with the boss on Wednesday, and uh, you know they're all expecting me to like be like you know. Who's the rest of your team? Is it two other people from the paper? Yeah, yeah. Are any of them any good? Um, like, I are you know. the ringer? I, I, apparently. Uh, okay. I, I, I don't know. There, there are a couple of uh, ladies downstairs yeah. in the advertising department. Because you got to use a certain amount of everybody's shots, right? So you may you have do. to be strategic uh, as to when you use your shots. We'll just use my drives every hole. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed? Probably not, right? No, no. You got to use, usually it's you got to use three of everybody. Right. right? So that would be. Three so don't use your three up like right off the hop because then you no, guys. No, you can use, no, you just have to use three of theirs. So that's nine. Okay. Right? And then for the other, and then you could use nine of mine. Oh, okay. Like, hypothetically. I'm not, I don't mean to be sounding like. Yeah. I do. But still don't use all of yours on the front nine because then you're probably screwed. No offense to the other three players on the Correct. back nine. You want to be, you want to be careful. You don't get back, back yourself into a right. corner like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, so I'm going to go again on the weekend or whatever. And, um. Well, I don't know. I'll probably go for some bike rides. Yeah, yeah I'll be doing. Uh, aunt and uncle have a pool, so we're gonna have. I think we're having a family backyard barbecue on Sunday. A swim and a barbecue. A bring your own meat nice. uh, barbecue, which will be nice. Uh, my poor wife; she has to actually work this weekend. So, uh, and uh, son is going out to a friend's house, a friend's cottage. I mean, and my daughter works a lot, so it's gonna Do be people like. Care what we're doing this weekend? I don't know. Probably. Is everybody tuned out now? Yeah. Hello. Are you still there? <laughs> uh, I like to think it makes us a little more relatable, Steve. Humanizes, Humanizes us, sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, great weather. So I made we... some vacation plans yesterday, Mike McIntyre. I'm off the same week you are, the last week of August. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Leading into the September long weekend. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm taking the next weekend off. Right. I'm taking two weeks off. You're just taking one. I, I make the schedule, remember, folks. So, <laughs> And you're going somewhere. Well, kind of, yeah. I'm staying here in Manitoba, but so I've arranged a trip. Um, do a little travel story for travel, a little plug for Travel Manitoba. They're trying to get people to, you know, uh, visit Manitoba spot. So yeah. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Gimli yeah. for two nights, okay? Go see Wiesick? Uh Maybe. But <laughs> the plan is, is that I'm then going to cycle from Gimli to Riverton and back. How far is that? About 100K. Each way? No, no. Return. Oh, return. Okay. About 100K. Like, it, it, depending on what route you take, anywhere yeah. between 90 and 100K, right? 
And so there's lots to see and kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. And then have a nice dinner in Gimli. Blah, right. Blah, blah, explore Gimli. Uh, explore uh, Riverton a little bit. And then the next two nights, I'm going to go up to the other Lakeview property up there at Gell Harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on the midday, on one of the middays, I'm going to ride my bike from Gull Harbor to Riverton. Oh. Get it? And yeah. Then, and it's about the same distance. So there's these 200... You know, 50 kilometers. Right, with know, Riverton right. kind of being the central right. landing spot. Yeah, so... Um, Is there good places to eat in Riverton? I, no clue, but I'll figure it out. Um, I'm on this Facebook group, Small Town Diners and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I'll find some find some places some places or whatever. And I'm sure there's good places to eat. There's good places to eat everywhere. You just got to find them. So that'll be kind of neat. It'll be kind of like, you know, a lot of places in the world you can like do these bike trips where you bike for the day. And then you stay at a nice hotel, have a nice dinner, right. or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And then somebody brings your baggage for you or whatever, right? So I'm kind of making it. There's nobody doing that in Manitoba uh, that I know of. Um, if you're listening out there, I <laughs> know. Um, so, yeah, it should be kind of cool. What's it's like cool? your own little tour to Manitoba. Yeah. Uh, you should wear a yellow jacket while you're biking. Why yellow? Isn't that what the leader in the Tour de France oh, right. wears? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you could be like, your, you could just anoint yourself the leader. I have a yellow uh, long sleeve yeah. um, cycling jersey. <laughs> I do have a yellow one. My short sleeve ones, though, are not yellow. So we'll see. By the way, did you see that absolute clown in the Tour de France recently? The, the idiot with the sign that caused like the 30 bicycle wreck where oh. he impeded on the course to like hold some sign up that he wanted the cameras to catch, but it clipped one of the bikers who wiped out and took out like 20 other bikers. It was insane. I think the guy ended up getting charged criminally. He's lucky he didn't kill somebody. Wow. Uh, but it's crazy how close those spectators are. Like they yeah, are, right I'm road. like claustrophobic just yeah. watching that. They're yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you probably won't have anybody that close to you probably as you're doing not. your bike ride, hopefully, but hopefully not. but that sounds like a fun uh, fun trip. Fun. Yeah. Have you played the golf course at Hecla before? I have. Yes. Okay, like yeah, that? I did like it. It's yeah, been a number of years, play. but you should probably play. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Maybe you should come up and play. Uh, maybe I should. If it's so, is that the? Have you played the course at Gimli? Is that one still open? Links on the lake. I don't know about that. I have played it like years ago like when I worked at the Inner Lake Spectator. Oh yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's still open. We took a day trip out to Gimli a month or so ago, but I don't remember seeing if the golf... I know Sandy well, we Hook. I've golfed Sandy Hook, too, which is out that way. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, lots of good plans and hopefully continued good weather and... Uh, and less smoke. Less right, smoke. Folks, that's it. That's our Jet Setra podcast. Um, we'll be back next week at some point haven't nailed that quite down yet. right or do we want to go like maybe the day after the bomber game we could do a late so. week like a next yeah. friday kind of sum up the crazy week that was so. that would be a friday though but we'll see yeah uh, either yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you i was thinking point. the same thing okay. all right we'll be back